This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to the Grit for 60 podcast, broadcasting you from Jacksonville, Florida. My name is TC, Connor Farrell, uh, and I am joined by, from the Independent Alligator. Hey everyone, my name is Brendan Farrell, also known as DCJ. He's broadcasting to you live from Gainesville. Um, I don't know what to say about that hockey game, that was... It was boring and then exciting all at the same time. And the Devils were there and somehow ended up with two points. Your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Jets fall to the Devils two to one and shoot out. Um, obviously not the way they wanted to start off this homestand. Yeah. Once again, getting off to a rough start to a homestand. But I, I mean, my biggest takeaway of that game was it seemed pretty even through two periods. And then I thought in the third period, the Jets really separated themselves, really got a lot of offensive zone time, created a bunch of chances, and ended up with essentially nothing from that. Ended up with a point, but they, you know, coming into the third period, it was already tied. So right. they ended up losing in overtime. So it's like... I don't know what to make of this game. Yeah, I, I, and I agree with you there. It was kind of a, you know, I feel like we say this a lot, but I feel like that was kind of the game that just sort of happened, and then we yeah. have to talk about it. There are 82 but, games that are going to happen. This is one of them. Exactly. Uh, but I felt like, you know, first of all, another great game from Connor Hallibuck. Just wanted to throw that one out there. Yes, he did play very well. Unfortunate that he had the uh, shot in the shootout go off the post and off his back off, into the goal. Off the post, off his button in. Yeah, and then the one Stop goal he gave up. And then the one goal he gave up in regulation was not his fault in yeah. the slightest. Um, so, you know, tough for him to get the loss. You know, another reason why you should never use wins to evaluate goaltenders, except for when you are apparently voting for the Vesna. But that's for another time. Don't let me get um, on a John Gibson rant. But tough, tough to see Connor Hellebuck get the loss tonight. So one of the things that I noticed tonight, and I don't know if it was particularly noticeable because they were playing the Devils. And you know how the Devils are uh, very good at uh, not creating much themselves, but also not letting you create much. Um, and it's so tonight it seemed a little bit more noticeable that the, the Jets didn't create a lot of controlled entries today. They seemed to really like to dump the puck in, 
and I don't know if they've been doing that all season. I'm just not catching on. But it seemed like in the first period, they iced it a bunch. The second period, they finally changed what they were doing. And uh, uh, we're still jumping the puck in, but weren't icing quite as badly. And I didn't know if you noticed the same thing. Yeah, I, I kind of realized the same thing. It wasn't a whole lot of controlled entries. And to go, on your, to go off your point, yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree with that. What else did you see from tonight's game? Well, the, I guess the the other part of that would be the Devils. Anytime the Jets were in the neutral zone, the Devils were very good at pressuring the puck. And I wonder if that was triggering the the Jets to sort of, okay, we're going to be quick through the neutral zone. We're just going to get it in there, touch it, dump it in, whatever, and then press high into the, the, the um, attacking zone. Basically a dump and chase. Um, but that was sort of I that's what I thought what might have been prompting that. And that was in my mind a second observation from that game. Um but I guess from the Jets perspective, the other thing that I noticed is that they were good at and they've been good at this all season. They've been they were good at disrupting the devils from breaking out. Right? They they're good at creating those offensive zone turnovers after the, the devils have tried to play it. Yeah, and uh, here's something I wanted to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Interesting night, special teams-wise. The much-maligned Jets penalty kill was 3-for-3 three three tonight, so there we go. Hey. Improvement. Baby steps. Are you including the 30-second penalty kill in 3-on-3? Three three? I am. Or 4-on-3? You know what? It's a 4-on-3 penalty, and you killed it, you know? All right. I'm yeah, counting it. That's I mean, that's, it's harder to kill than a five on four. So yeah, even though there was like you know thirty seconds of it, but uh, but yeah, zero for three. However, I thought it was kind of interesting. How I mean, yeah, there were only four power plays the entire night, but the Jets only drew one. Just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. like watching, I don't think there were a lot of like missed calls or anything. It was just kind of a cleanly, well played game. It was a well-played game. Um, Andrew Kopp with the goal, Morrissey and Bork with the helpers. Point shots, baby. They work. Hey, uh, who who scored? Who scored? Well, Andrew Kopp did. <laughs> it's my boy. <laughs> yep, there you go. 2C Andrew Kopp. Um, and uh, it, depending on what happens with Brian Little going forward, he might end up being back up there. Yeah, that's, that's why I didn't want to bring the whole 2C thing. But, um, yeah, it's tough, tough thing to see for Brian Little. That was that was really scary, uh, watching him take a slap shot to the head. Um, mm. Never never want to see that happen. And, you know, it, it takes the tiniest deflection off of the, the defenseman's stick. And it, it makes me think, what happens if that doesn't deflect? Are we – does this still hit him in the head? Does it, like – that it was the smallest of deflections at the same time. It totally changed where it went after it deflected. And I'm just like, oh, if, what if? Yeah. What if that, so. that angle's a little bit different? Yeah. Um, but it looked, that play looked so bad. You know, that you saw as soon as it hit him and he goes down, you're like, oh, this is bad. Um, hopefully, 
it just looked worse than it actually is. Uh, that's that's all I have to say about that, really. Sorry, if you guys ever, if anyone's watching the video and you see me looking like this, I have the sharks on on, on the TV next to me. Well, stop distracting yourself. <laughs> we have to get through this. I'm not distracting this. myself. I'm 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 still listening to you. I'm just okay. Then what did I say? We were talking about Brian Little and if that shot deflects and what happens. Right. But what did I say after that? Okay, yes, I will admit that I was a little thrown off by, <laughs> by a Sharks power play goal. I was saying it looked awful as soon as it happened. As soon as he hits the ice, you're like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. Even as he's going down before he gets to the ice, you're like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. Um, and I... I can only hope that it, it looks a lot worse than it actually is, but there was definitely blood on the ice and that's never a good sign. Yeah. I mean, totally, totally agree with you. And just like first look at it and it was just like, Oh man, I can't believe like that just happened. Right. Um, and I don't know if there's a whole lot to analyze there. And he made a great play leading up to that finding. I think it was, was it Neil Pionk there? Who before he, before he slid it over to the other defenseman, you take the shot. Maybe. Um, but yeah. So, um, what did you notice from the today? I talked about what I noticed from today's game. What did you notice? Uh, I, I thought this was a good, a good effort from the Jets. Certainly, um, I thought it was pretty, pretty relatively even game. Mm-hmm. Shot attempts at five on five were roughly even. Slight edge to the Jets. Um, a little bit of an edge to the Devils in expected goals. Really? Yeah. Um, mostly, mostly in the first and second periods. That's surprising to me because, again, I thought the first and second periods were mostly a wash. I didn't see the Devils create much offensively, although I didn't see the Jets create much offensively. Um, but I really thought the Jets really pulled away in that third period. I thought for sure the Jets would have the advantage in expected goals in this game. Well, I think I would like to know, I think part of that is the Devils goal was a pretty high percentage shot. I mean, it was basically like right in front of the crease with no goalie there. Right. (laughs) So I imagine that a lot of that is just like that one shot. Uh, at least in the first period, because the first period was like 0.74 to 0.34 or whatever. Mm. But yeah, it was re- relatively uh, low event game. Like the final expected goals were 1.81 to 1.43. So like even still, like that's relatively even. And, you know, it's, that's interesting because we, as we know, the Jets, the Jets are going to be a high event team with their top six being as good as they are and they're, defense being as bad as they are, although their top six hasn't been great so far this season, something to work on. Um, it's interesting to see, oh, the Devils are just that boring that they're just going to cancel that out, and this is going to be a boring game regardless. Because well, you know, the, the Devils are a trash organization. It's like sorry, I that was like, too far. I shouldn't have gone nah, that far. You're good. But uh, I feel like the Jets are in like that weird spot of like, they're not super high event, but they give up a lot and they, they produce a lot at both ends. It's like, it sounds like high event. Yeah. But I, I guess uh, what I'm trying to say, I don't know if we should be confusing 
high event with pace, you know? Because I don't think the Jets mm. are particularly, like, fire wagon hockey. You know, like, they're not going to be like the Penguins, you know? What do you mean by that? I, I mean, it's not like, it's not a, a track meet at both ends. It's just... No. They're just really good at one end and really bad at the other end. Yeah. That's what, yeah. Um, that's essentially what I'm saying. But speaking of really good at one end, once again, Nikolai Ehlers looked dangerous every single time he touched the puck. I thought. Every time he was on the puck, I'm like, oh, something's about to happen here. He's going to make a play. He had that one opportunity that he went around that I don't know if I remember. I think he collected his rebound, went around the net, collected his rebound, spun around, and missed the open net because uh, Mackenzie Blackwood was sprawling somewhere. Yeah, that was the, I believe that was the same shift where he megged a defender, a defenseman at the blue line. I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. I, I cannot get it. And then when they threw out Ellers with uh, Roslevic in overtime, I'm like, oh, boy. Let's see. I am here for this. And then they didn't do anything. And I was just, I was just very disappointed. And then, uh, kind of, uh, inter- I thought the ice time distribution tonight was kind of interesting too. I haven't seen um, it. Once again, I'm just looking at natural statric and at five on five. But once again, David Gustafson basically being stapled to the bench tonight, only not even six minutes of ice time tonight. Yeah. Gabriel Bork with a little more than that. Um, but defensively, it was pretty – actually, there were a few forwards with more ice time than uh, a couple defensemen. Anthony Potato and Lucas Ibiza only had – neither of them hit 15 minutes. Good. And meanwhile, Mark Shifley logged over 20 minutes. Kulikov and Morrissey led – with 21 minutes and six seconds and 20 minutes and 52 seconds. I was um, about to say, if if Svisa didn't play much, if uh, Botero didn't play much, and Gustafson didn't play much, who actually played defense for this Jets team? And I guess the answer is Morrissey and Kulikov. Well, Gustafson plays center, but... Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're good. You're good. I think you're thinking of I think you're thinking of uh, Eric Gustafson, Gustafson, probably of the Blackhawks. So probably, but yeah, I just saw that. I was just looking through it on Natural Stat Trick. I was like, hey, this looks kind of interesting. So yeah, Um, so it looks like uh, even though we've seen, I don't want to say struggling, but Paul Maurice is sticking to those. Shifley and Wheeler guys to really try to pull themselves out of this this funk, you know? Which is weird because it was not a good night for the Jets' no. uh, top guys. No. Shifley, Ellers, Line A, Connor, and Wheeler were all below 45% in possession tonight. Mm. Meanwhile, the guys that we like, Kopp and Ellers, how did they do? Uh, Ellers was not great tonight, uh, but Andrew Cobb had another good night. So, well, and- all right, fine. I will concede that one. Um, what did you think of, uh, Boldu making his season debut? He was fine. I mean, 
you know, he's a guy making his season debut and he played over 18 minutes and was just that's, totally yeah. okay. I feel like that's pretty much all you can really ask for. That's that's kind of just what this team needs right now. A defenseman who's okay. Exactly. Someone, <laughs> an NHL talented defenseman who can play 18 minutes a night and be okay. You know that, but, like... Sorry, continue. I'm thinking of, like, two gifs right now. One of them is, like, um, you know, like that clip from... Um, Fresh Prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air with a guy looking around the empty room when yeah. everyone's gone. That's uh, that's Josh Morrissey looking for all the just okay defensemen on the Jets. Just because I'm I'm thinking it, someone like that just brings some stability to this team, please. Um, yeah, I mean, like Bolu, Bolu, however, I remember that last name is. Ways. Um. You know, he's not necessarily a great defenseman. He's not a horrible one either. He's just kind of there. And, you know, the Jets will probably take just kind of there at this point. Um, I will say this. He did definitely look a little bit rusty. He did. Oh, yeah, look, like, he looked like a guy who hasn't played hockey in a while. Yeah. I mean, again, like, like I said, like that's pretty much to be expected at this point. Thinking of one play where he kind of got turned around. I think it was going up against Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall kind of got him turned around, and he just loses an edge, um, backing up into his own zone. Um, okay, so anything else about this game that you can think of? Um, I think I'm mostly pretty good, but I, I do just want to say that uh, I really do think that the Jets need to get more out of Mark Shifley. Yes. Like, like, this was a really bad night for him. And, yes. you know, it's going to be hard for them to win when they can't get their top guys going. And you right. can say that about, about any team in the league. But, you know, Mark Shifley's supposed to be the guy. And tonight he wasn't the guy, despite playing mostly with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler, you know, two pretty good yeah. play drivers and none. Yeah. But everyone, all the other lines were, were pretty good tonight. Well, that's interesting. I almost wonder if that's something that the um, Devils were doing, if they if they found a matchup they liked against Mark Shifley. But I don't know if the Jets have that much talent that that's really going to be an issue. Like, okay, they do have players like Taylor Hall that are good and talented. And Nico Heischer, who is talented, I guess, if you want to call him that. Um, he is talented. I just I just don't like the Devils. Um, but I don't know if they've got those guys that can really shut down a, a center, like Mark Shifley, that are, are going to be able to keep up with that Jets top line. They're just going to keep them quiet, you know? It's like right. you think of the, the Jet the, – um, Devils' best players, best forwards. If you were going to match them up with somebody, you know their your their strengths aren't going to be defensive. I think it would be more of the the structure and the team defense the um, Devils play because we know as a team very good at minimizing threats. So I guess my idea that oh maybe they found a match if they liked probably doesn't have that much legs to it. And also, they were the road team, so it's a little harder to get those matchups you like when you're on the road. Yes. Yes, you're right. For some reason, I thought they were at home, but they are on the road. 
It's been a long day. <laughs> all right. I can tell. Uh, I can tell you're tired, and all the yawning you did before we started recording. Cool. So. I need to wrap this one up. I'm getting a headache. Um, no, we still got a little bit to go. So. <sighs> keep it together. Okay, where do we go from here, Brennan? All right. So following this disappointing two to one loss to the Devils. The Jets have the Canucks on Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yay. Canucks, they're a hot team. Yeah, and they got Quinn Hughes back. They're sitting at 9-3-2. And, and they're making me look dumb for making fun of them all season, all offseason. So, you know, there's that. Are they actually good or are they, like, Anaheim Ducks good? actually been pretty good. Like... And I, I think part of it is just guys like Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes, like, just carrying a bit. But as a team, like, they're not bad. Like, they're pretty good. Like, they still rank sixth in the league in coursing four percentage. Granted, they had a, a kind of a cupcake schedule to start the league or to start the year. But still, like, that's sixth place, you know. Yeah, they're, they're ahead of teams like the Bruins, the Predators, and the Knights, like. Also, I did not expect to see the Penguins atop the Corsi 4 percentage leaderboard. Really? They had yeah. a pretty good season. Yeah, but they're usually not at number one. Like, usually they're not good enough defensively to to keep up with the rest of the league. But anyway, so, carrying right, on. Yeah. So, um, I'm just looking at the Canucks roster here. Uh Jacob Markstrom, do we think is going to go? Probably. Yeah. I, I don't know I really to think. I don't know anything about the Canucks, to be honest. I know Bo Horvat is good. I Captain know. Bo. I know they just paid Tyler Myers. Well, actually, um, it might not be uh, Markstrom. It'll probably oh. be who's the who's the backup there? <laughs> Demko. Ah, uh, Thatcher Demko. Okay. Uh, yep. so it'll probably be him then on mm. Friday because they play Thursday against the Blackhawks unless they decide to uh, okay. start, uh, Markstrom on, uh, on Friday. Okay. Um, I don't know, Brock Besser, Brock Besser, Elias Pettison, JT Miller, that's going to be a rocking line. And who can yeah. forget Jamie Ben's brother? Jordy Ben. Sure. Yeah, but you talk about uh, Patterson and Miller. That line has been dynamite for them so far. Oh, yeah. I mean, Patterson and Besser. Patterson, breakaway star last season. Brock Besser, fantastic player. Um, great young kid. Good old Canadian boy. Um, yeah, I just... The lineup I'm looking at has Adam Gaudet as their first line winger, and I'm not sure who that is or if he's good. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Adam Gaudet. Yeah, he's all right. Um, also, I want to correct you on Brock Besser real quick. Oh, yeah? He's American. Is he? Yeah. Good for him. He's a good old Minnesota boy. Uh, so, yeah. Wait. As, as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure he played college. Not that 
Canadian guys don't play college hockey, but you know, usually I feel like it's mostly Americans. Mm. So for so what you're telling me is for a team named after a slang term for Canadian. Wait, is Bo Ho- Horvat? No, he's like Swedish or something, right? Horvat? No, no, Horvat's Canadian. Oh, never mind. Swedish. Horvat sounds Swedish. Uh, no, okay, whatever. Anyway, we're we're going off the rails here. Okay, this fine. is this is a dumb. I'll fire. I'll drop it. Um, so, uh, I just don't I just don't know anything about the the Canucks. I don't know how to predict this game. I don't know how to analyze this game, what to look for. I know to look for Tyler Myers. That'll be fun because former team and all that. I know the good players are Brock Besser, Pedersen, JT Miller, Bo Horvat. That'll be fun to watch. Um, power play, I guess, is good. And they're good. They have played well this season. That's about it. I mean, you know, that's a that's a decent start you got there. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it, it has certainly been a weird year in the Pacific Division, and the Canucks being actually kind of good is an interesting development. It's not something I'm used to yet. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of things to get used to in the, in the Pacific Division this year, like the Sharks being terrible, for one. Um, but I promise I will stop talking about the Sharks for once, at least for a little while. You're not doing a very good job of it. Oh, they yeah. have they have Stanley Cup champion Jay Beagle. What else has he done? Oh man, yeah, I forgot. Like, yeah, that that was like the beginnings of the the grit reawakening. <laughs> like the Canucks went out and paid Jay Beagle a bunch of money, and then they went out and like the same offseason they paid uh, Tim Schaller a bunch of money because he's big. And oh, and Tyler Myers is big. Yeah, and then the next offseason they signed Tyler Myers because he's big. This is, this is the good for sixty super team, and also Quinn Hughes, and also, uh, well, uh, I was gonna say Michael Furley, but I thought he was he's a hurt. little bigger than he's not. He's also hurt too. But he is a pretty gritty player. Yeah, I mean he had fifty eight like, penalty minutes last year. And he is six one two sixteen. I would count that at least. I drafted him in fantasy hockey. I think it was last year or maybe the year before, because I knew I could get him for uh, relatively late, and also get forty points out of him for the season. And I thought that was a good trade, and it worked out. But He's- I would say that. Uh, Vancouver's grit per 60 champion is definitely uh, Jay Beagle. Jay Beagle. Who I will always remember. I will always remember him for being the one that got KO'd by, uh, who was it? Aaron Ashton. That's it. Jay Beagle, congratulations on being the grit per 60 champion in Vancouver. Hope you enjoy your stay in Winnipeg. Give us a call or something. I don't know. Even though we're not in Winnipeg, but uh, still give us a call anyway. Yeah, but come on the show. Definite runner-up goes to Tyler Myers. Ooh. Spicy. And then I would guess also that Tim Schaller makes an appearance on the 
podium. Is Louis Erickson gritty? I just don't. I, I know I've heard his name a bunch. No, he's not that no, he, good. No, he's just overpaid and washed up. Oh. Okay. Yikes. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was overpaid. Well, he's the definitely same not. Drummer. He's definitely he, not coming on the show then. Yeah, he was. That. He was uh, overpaid. He was Vancouver's consolation prize for not signing Milan Lucic. I think. I think that. Was, I think that was both the same. I think they was were the same off season. Here's a question that we might be able to discuss in an off season podcast. Who's the grittiest goalie in the NHL? Mike Smith, I think. I was going to say Ben Bishop just because he was good at one point and then is also big. And so, I mean, I guess he's better this year than he was previously, but people are like, oh, he's big, he's good, right? Right, you know. I guess my answer would be, like, who was the last goalie involved in a goalie fight? Hey everyone, this is Brendan from the Grid for 60 podcast here. While I was going back and editing this together, uh, I found out that my microphone sort of died uh, in the middle of recording. Not really sure what happened. Um, I was just going back and listening to it, and it just sort of glitched out. So, sorry for the abrupt ending here. Uh, I hate to see it as much as you guys do. But I do want to lay down a few things. Um... Mostly we were about done anyway at this point, but um, all right. Anyway, that being said, um, feel free to find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GridForSixtyPod. Um, also, check out our good friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, you know, we have a podcast for every team, and you know, we have a lot of great people doing great things, so please feel free to check that out. Um, the Hockey Podcast Network is also doing this thing with uh, former NHL player Terry Ryan. They're giving away his new book. So go check them out on Twitter and Facebook and all that. But yeah, so I just had to add this part at the end. So thank you everyone for watching and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.